I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Christopher Rasmussen, Policy Analyst of the Health Privacy Project at the Center for Democracy and Technology. Chris will be discussing the technical and security issues facing the healthcare.gov website and what those issues mean for consumers looking to enroll in health plans on the federally facilitated health insurance marketplaces. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Marianne. Now, in a recent blog, you wrote that the Department of Health and Human Services should shut down healthcare.gov until its technical problems are fixed and security and privacy issues addressed. What worries you most about the data privacy and security of the site and its systems? What worries me the most is the problems that have cropped up since the website launched on October 1st. We've seen several reports of flaws in the software code that could expose applicants' personal information. Also, it could expose their usernames and passwords. So a malicious hacker could potentially get into the system, utilize the username and password, and take away information such as their date of birth, social security number, all sorts of type of information that could be used to commit identity theft. In addition, a congressional hearing last week found that the website had been attacked at least 16 times during the month of October alone. It's quite possible that an individual or group, like I said, with malicious intent, could collect personal information and use that to commit identity theft. If the healthcare.gov site were to close down as its technical problems are fixed, as you recommend, what security and privacy steps would you like to see HHS take to give consumers more confidence that their data is secure and private? Well, the first thing HHS should do if they shut down healthcare.gov is to address the so-called punch list of items that Jeff Science, the technical lead that the White House has brought in to fix the website, they should address that list that he has developed. And once they've worked through those items, they should conduct what's called an end-to-end security test. The purpose of that end-to-end security test is really to run through the entire application process that an applicant would go through to make sure that any of the changes that they've been making to the website on an ad hoc basis are actually running properly and that there are no additional problems that have emerged. From your understanding of the technical problems that healthcare.gov has had, How confident are you that the problems can be fixed by the end of November, as the Obama administration contends, so that the vast majority of consumers who want to enroll in health plans can do so securely on the site? I don't have much confidence. This Just this past weekend, the Washington Post reported that even the administration expects that only 80% of applicants will be able to log in and complete an application by November 30th. So I think that report right there really suggests that the problems aren't likely to be fixed in their entirety by November 30th. I think you'll see a vast improvement, and I think you already are seeing a vast improvement in the user experience with the website. Certainly the numbers that have come out of people that have enrolled have actually um, doubled their rate this month compared to October. But from a technical standpoint, I'm not entirely confident that 100% of the problems will be addressed by November 30th. I think you'll see ongoing patches, fixes through the entirety of the enrollment period lasting until next March, but um, I think that there will still be problems in the website. Now, regarding the millions of consumers who've had their current insurance plans canceled because the plans do not meet coverage requirements under the Affordable Care Act, 
Do you think the Obama administration's recent decision to allow those consumers to keep their plans for one more year, will that help alleviate some of the pressure on healthcare.gov while the technical problems are fixed, since many of those would-be shoppers will likely now wait another year before enrolling on the site? Yeah, I think that it will alleviate some of the problems uh, that the website is experiencing, at least from a load, the number of people that are visiting the website, which can cause delays. I don't think that it's a significant number because I believe in the administration, what the administration proposed is just that the individuals whose insurance plans are expiring at the end of this year are not required to enroll in new coverage, um, or at least that the insurance plans can extend until 20, through the end of 2014. I think a lot of the people that are coming into healthcare.gov are individuals who have never had insurance before at least in the early stages. So uh, it may it may alleviate some of the pressure towards the end of the enrollment season when a lot of those individuals whose plans expired would probably be visiting the website then. So I think I think it it'll help, but I don't know if it's going to help significantly. How confident are you that the healthcare.gov site and its systems can protect consumer data as more people enroll online? Uh, I would have more confidence if the website were temporarily shut down and an all-hands-on-deck approach were used to really test the site for the glitches that might expose privacy and security concerns. And if the HHS completed an intent security test, like I mentioned, and then they reopened it to the public, then I would be more confident that the site and its systems could protect consumer data. HHS has an outreach program underway to email consumers who tried unsuccessfully to create accounts on healthcare.gov so that they can go back and try again. What security measures should HHS have in place so that consumers don't get tricked by phishing emails that push them onto fake websites? Absolutely. That's one of the biggest problems we've seen with healthcare.gov rollout has been people who have been using phishing emails, like you mentioned, to target unsuspecting individuals to believe that they must sign up for healthcare coverage at an unofficial website, which is then used to actually steal their personal information. So instead, I think a would-be applicant should really stick to healthcare.gov or actually apply directly with insurers. HHS can really help facilitate this by including language in their emails that would state applicants should go to the official portal, healthcare.gov, and should physically type that into their browser to make sure that they got it correct. Or they could also include links. If the letters are done through email, they could include links that are hyperlinked and uh, thereby direct the consumer uh, directly to the legitimate website. So now how can consumers avoid becoming victims of these phishing emails as the healthcare.gov site is cleaned up? Consumers should apply directly, like I said, to healthcare.gov. Physically type that into your browser window. Make sure you've got the spelling right because we've seen uh, several hundred different websites out there that have you know, a one-letter variation, a typo really, health TH instead of HT or something like that. So make sure you type it accurately, healthcare.gov. Of course, if you live in a state that is running its own healthcare insurance exchange, such as California, make sure you type that address correctly. Also, there are other ways to you know, apply. You can uh, apply with an enrollment counselor. You can apply through the phone. You can request a, app, a physical application and mail it back in. Or like I said, you can also apply directly with insurance too. So there are 
multiple routes to applying for healthcare coverage. But if you are applying online, make sure you accurately type in the address, healthcare.gov. What's your assessment of how the state-run health insurance exchanges are doing? What are they doing right and wrong when it comes to data privacy and security so far from what you can tell? I can best speak to the state-run exchange here in California. That's the one I've been following the most. And there, the exchange has built a functioning website that allows consumers to really shop around for their health coverage without having to enter their personal information up front. That was a problem in October with the federal website. Consumers had to input their name, date of birth, social security number. Then the calculation would come back with how much of a tax subsidy credit they are eligible for. And only then would the consumer be allowed to see what health plans are available in their area. I think the design of state-run exchanges like that in California have afforded um, better privacy and security protections that way by limiting the amount of data that's collected until the very end when it's absolutely necessary. Now, have you heard of any security or privacy breaches on any of the state-run sites or the federal healthcare.gov site for that matter? For the state-run ex- sites, I haven't heard of any uh, privacy or security breaches. However, I have heard of one incident uh, with the healthcare.gov website where an applicant's uh, personal eligibility information, where an applicant's eligibility letter with their personal information included therein was exposed to another applicant um, that has not been confirmed anywhere else. It seems to be an isolated incident and perhaps HHS has already addressed this issue, but it, uh, it was reported that this did happen. So now, based on everything that's happened in recent weeks since you wrote your blog, do you still think that the healthcare.gov site should be shut down until all its problems are addressed? Yes, I think the healthcare.gov website should be shut down and the problems should be addressed. I think I'm not confident that all of them are going to be addressed, even if the site is shut down. I do, however, think it's from a risk management perspective that the site should be shut down, security testing should be completed, intent security testing should be completed, and a final security authorization should be given to the website, and only then can you build back trust in the consumer that the site is secure and that they can apply there without having to worry about their security being uh, compromised or their privacy being compromised. One last question. I've listened to a lot of the congressional hearings over the last several weeks, And there's some sort of observation that in some cases the Democrats understate the security issues that the healthcare.gov site presents while Republicans are sort of exaggerating the problems for political reasons. What's your assessment of that? Yeah, there's a lot of politics involved. I would say it's probably somewhere in the middle, of course. I think that actually the the Republicans might be a little bit more correct in saying that there are there are legitimate problems with this website, but you know that's not to say that it's not politics is not <laughs> deeply infused in these congressional hearings. Of course they are. I think that the independent security uh, testers assessors out there that have found these security flaws in the healthcare.gov website's code, obviously they're not coming from it from a political perspective, and I think that's what's prompting the House Republican majority to instigate these congressional hearings, in addition to just the fact that people, some people can't even apply, can't even directly access the website. 
So obviously, like I said, there's a political component, but there are legitimate security problems with the website. Thanks, Chris. I've been speaking to Chris Rasmussen. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.